and welcome to another episode of the Mixed Wrestling Show on the Top Podcast. I'm your host, Mac Moore, here again with Ethan Raby. How's it going, Ethan? Uh, low energy and have kind of a cold. And yeah. Yeah. And the the weather, weather the weather is bad, and it, it's at just the right amount to, like, you know, I know for us, our heating bill is, like, through the roof, and that's even, like, I haven't turned up the heat that much. Like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, do I want to spend more yeah. money on this, or do I just want to put on a fourth blanket? So, yeah, uh, fine, fine to answer your question. <laughs> I am fine. I'm exactly fine. But this blanket weather is perfect for sitting around and watching a bunch, a bunch of wrestling. And that's what we've done, and we've come in prepared to talk about the TLC pay-per-view. Uh, that's even after last week. We had a, a fun little session of the, the crew. Like I don't know if anybody has noticed, but Wade is not here uh, right now. He's trying to go get a job, and he's working on that. So missing this week, but he was there for our session of watching Rick Rude, which uh, be ready for that. We're going to have a special episode coming down the pike. Uh, I'm still putting the finishing touches. I want it to be uh, the best ever so uh that that should be coming uh shortly yeah, i was gonna uh, uh way to point out that uh we we don't really all sit around and watch wrestling together as much as we probably should for recording a podcast together yeah and you watch on your own and then you come in and then that's that's so fun they just argue with each other and it's not the only way to do it but it's one of the ways and it's it's fine it's worked out pretty good but it's also good to sit around and get a go through the network and watch a bunch of old stuff and you know get to see uh you know a fun uh Paul Bear in his previous incarnation as Percy Pringle. That's always fun. It's always great to see somebody like you, Ethan, just see something for the first time. And be like, oh my yeah. god, it's a great I, reaction. I've been watching wrestling my whole life, and I'm still surprised. And I'm still, <laughs> and Percy Pringle still haunts my dreams. Yeah, uh, uh, I, you can't shake that image. That's two characters now that you just you just can't get out of your psyche. Uh, anyways, we're gonna start talking about uh, the weekly shows. Obviously, uh, we're recording right now while SmackDown's going on, and. Uh, might be an interesting night. Obviously, it's always an uh, interesting show when you have the go-home show. And this one particularly, we have the announcement of Daniel Bryan versus Mustafa Ali. I don't really understand it, but it's exciting. It's good for 205 Live, good for Mustafa Ali. A lot of good things uh, I've heard about his work in 205 Live. I haven't seen too much of it except for the couple of matches that made it onto uh, the different pay-per-views. Uh, but that's, that's an exciting thing, and I, I wish we could do this show. Normally, we'd do it on a Wednesday, and I'll release it like a Thursday morning. Uh, scheduling conflicts happened so that we couldn't do that. Uh, but we'll we'll have whatever our analysis is next week to talk about that match and how Mustafa Ali uh, did on the main brand. But otherwise, the weekly shows had a lot of negativity recently. Uh, and, you know, it's always hard to tell. Like, we had our own negativity talking about the recent Raws. But it kind of got to an apex over this last week. And it uh, where know. where the WWE cut a promo on itself. Yes, yeah. uh, I mean even as that was happening, like you knew that promo. Like I, I didn't know they would do that, but you knew they needed <laughs> to do something this week because the in terms of the fans on the internet being very upset at uh, the product, uh, you hear it a lot. But like it just seemed like at, nobody had a good thing to say about Raw, and you just. You look at the ratings, and when they correspond with that level of uh, vocal dissent, uh, that's a that's a bad sign. And I, did you expect to see Seth Rollins come out and basically cut a promo on Baron Corbin, who's acting as Vince McMahon's surrogate for the bad product he's putting on week in and week out? Yeah, it's a uh, it's just the classic "I meant to do that" kind of thing, almost of like, oh yeah, we've intentionally been putting out 
and you know potentially quote unquote inferior version of what we normally could do because when it does turn around which we totally know exactly when that's going to happen it'll totally be on purpose maybe like a kevin owens baby face return i don't know at some point i I think that's that's gonna be when you have a guy like braun go out you're gonna have a void there that needs filling and i mean they have people to do it but it's just i don't know it's just in like a weird in between like phases of raw that you're going to remember yeah and you know i i think a lot of the times i hear fans say oh my god you know the the raw wasn't good this week or like i i heard a lot recently that smackdown was like it's like oh you just can only watch smackdown which i thought was weird because i didn't think smackdown was that much better than raw over the course of the last few months uh Usually, for one of the things I thought stood out for me in terms of Raw was that the the moments that were getting the most panned by the fans, I was fine with. I was fine with most of the Baron Corbin stuff and setting up this authority storyline and he the the way he played that character where he's just taking as many liberties with the rules as he can. He's the 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 power dynamic that he's using. I was like, oh, that's good. And then once I got him, you know, to the stuff in between, there was just a lot of lackluster storylines lackluster effort i've heard different people talk about maybe this is because uh you know all the injuries and we're going into wrestlemania season and they're just trying to avoid losing whatever star power they have left on the roster so you don't want to do anything too crazy but you mean you can write better stories i I, you know i don't know most of their stories that you know they put all that into a roman reigns or you know braun Strowman, and now all those stories that kind of have to be put on hold and now it's like your backup stories for a writing team that wasn't necessarily uh getting a lot of praise from the fans for their work before that yeah you almost wonder if it's a situation where um say a a major league pitcher is rested the last two weeks of the season because they don't want anything to happen before the playoffs and you know they're just trying to keep what they have until royal rumble hits and then go from there and maybe have a few guys back i don't really know who's supposed to be due back anytime soon i don't know how i didn't yeah i don't really remember everyone's prognoses yeah i've avoided most of the stuff because i don't really want the whatever spoiler is there and i don't want oh yeah no that's that's one of the most satisfying things as a wrestling fan (laughs) is when someone comes back from an injury and you didn't see it coming and i just also i I don't want to kind of like the the back and forth like when they say it's going to be this long or that long for something that's already like a secondhand source so i stay away from it but you know you've heard rumors about kevin owens uh, Braun can't be out that long if they're already teasing a match at TLC. I don't know, you know, whether that's a bring him out for a spot that's not actually wrestling, but just have him out there as part of the event. Uh, but you would have to imagine whatever his uh, timetable is on a return has to be sometime in the near future. Or you wouldn't even, uh, you know, put that on the card as something that you're kind of teasing. Uh, and you know, there Roman, we have no idea. Like that could be, you know, a year could. <laughs> could be more than that who who knows how long that will end up taking so uh, you know if he's back at all you know not yeah, to look really on the negative side think of it at this point yeah you know, it's, but in terms of like the people that are gone and what's missing there are guys still on that roster that you could take advantage of but i think even those they just haven't been as exciting as they should be seth rollins dean ambrose is you know case in point just having something that when you know going back to that survivor series go home show Dean Ambrose cutting that promo in the parking lot, throwing the vest in the fire. It's like, we're about to get something great. And I, we had talked about it for Survivor Series, having Seth Rollins not having a match with Dean Ambrose. Is that going to kind of uh, lose the kind of passion that's there? And no, it's not about not having a match. It's about not having good promos after that, having a direction that 
seemed very weird. We had talked about Dean Ambrose uh, getting back to that kind of crazy side that like we wanted. The goof, goofy Dean Ambrose. Goofy Dean Ambrose is yeah. back, yeah. Uh, like nearly a hundred percent. I have a little bit of faith uh, watching Dean Ambrose come out right after that Seth Rollins match and just the face down, like that moment. If I just pretended the last couple of weeks didn't happen, it's like, yeah, I'm excited for Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. Match. Yeah. That'd have been, that'd have been great. I also just don't buy that Dean Ambrose is a germaphobe who's getting heavily <laughs> vaccinated and wearing a, wearing a gas mask. Like the dude looks like he just crawled out of a dumpster and that's his thing. And that's why he's cool. Yeah. And I, so that's, I want to feel like I'm going to get sick if I touch Dean Ambrose. Like that's the Dean Ambrose I want. Not I, the Dean Ambrose who's a, who's a germaphobe. I keep saying this. I could be wrong. I like the idea. Like I like the the attack on the fans. I just think it was done in more of a silly way than it needed to be. And maybe that's not even what their goal was. You know, maybe the gas mask looks sillier than it should have. Uh, you had to have imagined there was going to be some Bane references coming out, but you know that happens. That jacket. Maybe it, they thought it looked cooler than it did, having the sort of uh, pattern that looks like a carpet that can only be put down in an old van. Uh, there is, uh, I don't say anything wrong with that. <laughs> you, you want the jacket, don't you? You're I'm, in, I'm jacket. into the jacket. I just right. don't understand the, I don't know. The gas masks were a bit much for me. I, I think it, maybe for this character, I think for someone else, I could have been good or, or like you said, the turning on the fans. Like I, uh, recently watched a lot of the, um, like Bret Hart DX and Bret Hart Stone Cold stuff yeah. where like, where he was, you know, baby face in Canada, heel in America. And he just played it really well. That's to me, like if you're going to, learn how to shit on the fans like that's your your playbook yeah and dean ambrose was going down that route it just you know even doing the vaccine thing if he was just saying that you guys i i don't know he was trying to kind of go for the you guys are a bunch of nerds sitting in your mom's basement you're disgusting and it was like why would you even need to do that you're talking about fans that have been cheering for seth rollins who turned on you hit you with the steel chair all you need to do is turn on the fans and be like, why would I want to be your hero when you you change allegiances so easily? You've you know cheered for this man who you pretend to love the shield, but you love the man who destroyed it in the first place. You you might as well have been the person who hit me with the steel chair. And if you go down that route, it's a lot better than you guys are vermin. And the vermin can work, but then you need that actual Dean Ambrose. He he needs to not be saying it like it's a bit. And that's the problem is it came off as a joke. It's There's comical. a He's like, I'm getting vaccinated for rabies and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. If he didn't funny, do it that way, that's really funny. But yeah. But that's not what he's supposed to like do. like an odd fit for the program. Yeah, if he if he does it serious, there's a way to make that work. I don't think that's the avenue that they should have gone with Dean Ambrose, but it could have worked. It's about the not just the story, but the execution, which we get back to. I don't know who to blame exactly. I don't know which person. Because for me, the more I see Dean Ambrose do it, and it's like sometimes you see guys have really bad ideas or like bad direction with something that's going really well, and they take them in the wrong way, and you kind of see them kind of like phone it in. Dean Ambrose didn't seem to be phoning it in. He seemed to enjoy the moments that he was, you know, spitting out these lines. It was just, you know, unbeknownst to him and Vince, it was bad for everybody. It was bad for the product. And I, I don't know who you blame, and I don't know how you fix it other than, you know, just not cheering for it. But then that just tells Vince, well, we should end this rivalry early. And it's like, oh, no, no, I still want these guys to face off. Like, the beginning of that rivalry was beautiful. It was such good wrestling. Like going back to, the, I don't even know if there's anyone you need to blame. You know, it's like, it's like a dead goldfish. You just accept <laughs> it and move on. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not dead. It's just that's true. It it's gonna be. It's a uh, it's you're 
dead goldfish, and now you replaced it with a new goldfish. Yeah, and you just didn't tell your kid. Yeah. It seems like the same goldfish. Uh, Only it's a little more wacky and more comedy-based, but it's, you know, same goldfish. And, you know, it was so weird for me because now, you know, Wade's not on here to shove it in my face, but we we had an argument going back for the longest time about wacky Dean Ambrose. Like, I don't know. I think he's good. As a face, I loved it. I thought it was funny. And Wade's like, no, I hate it. Like, he just went off on it. And sure enough, the wacky Dean Ambrose is the heel has ruined what was about to be one of the better storylines of the year. Uh, so that's sad. And I don't, I don't know what else to, to say about that other than that for me has been more disappointing than anything else somebody could point out on Raw in terms of enjoying it. I think other things could have been lackluster. And if this would have stayed as on fire as it was in the beginning, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if ratings would have still been on the decline that they were on. They probably would have. I think there's a lot more factors than just the product's not good right now. Uh, but me personally, in terms of my enjoyment, I would have been fine with, all right, that's a boring segment, that's a boring segment. Okay, now we're to the Dean Ambrose set on. Instead, I was waiting, it was the other things that I was watching for, and I was like, man, we're going to get to that segment. He's just going to make me lose more and more faith each time. Right, and it goes back to what we were just talking about, how it's, you know, their main event scene was Strowman, Reigns, and Lesnar, and none of them are on TV at all, and they haven't pushed anyone else into that spot. It's almost yeah. like that's the problem. It's like it's a you know, car full of passengers with no one at the steering wheel. Yeah, you had a, a power vacuum in the main event scene, and the only thing close they've got to it, I, I think they did a good job with Baron Corbin. The problem was that was a face-off with Strowman, who's not there now. And, like, they've tried to kind of turn it, and he's, he's you know, gone at everybody with his shenanigans. Yeah. But Seth Rollins came out, and this is kind of the argument. This is, this is my hottest take I could have, which is that I think Raw on... You know, this, this week's Raw, the go-home show, was really, really good. I thought that opening segment, the whole thing, you know, with Seth Rollins telling what... It, it was wacky to begin with, but I think even in his delivery, I thought it was awful. I thought it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. I couldn't believe how good the show was after that for how bad that was. But everybody on the internet seemed to really enjoy it, at least in some capacity. At least it was like, well, thank God Vince admitted he sucks. And like, well, kind of. He sort of did. Right. Are you happy now? Like, are you, are you, <laughs> do you feel vindicated? <laughs> They seem to have been fucking that, marks. Uh, uh, it, it it seemed to be enough, and it's so weird because it's like that also makes me that much more worried about what Seth Rollins can do in the future. Which I guess I already knew, but like the idea of him in some sort of CM Punk role, it's like now that he can't deliver that type of promo. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting that right now my favorite storyline going on Raw is uh, Heath Slater. Uh, it w- man, they, <laughs> they I didn't even know it was a thing until this week. Like I didn't know that. Uh, I don't you, know if it was because I fell asleep. The, the Rhino Heath Slater was that I mean, on the Hulu it, version? Bro- I don't know. Probably not. It was only like eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, and uh, so I didn't know if I missed it because I like napped for a second, or if it was uh, just because they cut it out. But yeah, it gets and, on this week, and it is on the Hulu version this week because it's important. And I was like, oh dang, this this is interesting. That's a that's a good uh, story with Heath Slater having yeah. to win that way. I'm still waiting for the moment that there's a promo in the back and, and you know Seth's like why did you do it and he Slater's like because I got kids I got kids and it's this very serious yeah I got kids. Like, I'm no, waiting I, for that it's gonna be a great and, moment and I, I like the idea of like it adds more to that Baron Corbin authority figure of having now he's got a shit heel submissive referee on his side yeah. so now you're gonna see even more you know shenanigans but then I feel like that has to have a payoff yeah maybe that payoff is an intercontinental title match between the future intercontinental champion Baron Corbin and Heath Slater I don't know just a little fantasy booking on the fly <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that match yeah I for them they probably think the payoff was simply Seth Rollins getting the victory which <clears throat> was another moment that 
I think it was a good moment considering what what they clearly were aiming to do with that raw, which was get the fans say, "Look, we gave you what you wanted. Be be happy, please, like, please right. be happy. Don't leave." <laughs> uh, it's it's like uh like when your dad misses your baseball game, so he like buys you a toy. <laughs> They're like, "All right, we're sorry for what we did. Here's a ladder match on TV. Enjoy it." And it was good. I I was think fun. I think if I was if that wasn't the complete outcome that they were after, which was get the fans to you know finally get something that they want. Man, I just wanted Dean Ambrose to be the one that came out and knocked Seth Rollins off and then just take the belt. Like, the match is a non-finish. Dean Ambrose walks off with the belt, and he carries it into TLC as the, you know, uh, not the official champion, but right. he's got the belt. I, I think that would have been a great moment, but obviously they, they had a different goal, and they had the right goal. That was that was a smart move based on everything that we had heard, everything that was going on. It was a much better way to do it than whatever the hell that opening segment was because Seth Rollins tried his ass off, but it was just like, this doesn't quite make sense. You're not delivering it very well, and w- I don't think you should ever break the fourth wall unless there's a good payoff, a good reason. Like, if you're going to do it that way, just to be like, yeah, sorry we sucked for three weeks or whatever it is. <laughs> like, sorry the ratings are going down the shithole. Like, now we're going to... Like, that doesn't get Seth Rollins any further along. Like, it doesn't help his character. No, I mean, could have been anyone reading that that yeah. promo. It's it's just he's the guy right now who's, you know, he is the, the top baby face on Raw. And, you know, treat him like it. But don't yeah. hand him a promo that's, uh, you know, a weird not-shoot work. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It, I, of the times they've done like a worked shoot in recent memory, usually done a pretty good job. It's had some sort of heat to it. It's improved something. And in this case, like, so you're blaming Baron Corbin for a P segment. That's like, it's like, do you at this point of all the things we've seen Baron Corbin do, I, I haven't seen him plan any segments other than him cheating out the face from winning. Like, there's no, he's not in the back, and he's like, let's make sure these people are here. You know, like that kind of fourth wall break that's aimed at Vince, but he doesn't get to say Vince. I, I don't know it, how it helps anybody except the fans feel good about themselves, which I don't know why it makes them feel good about themselves. Very confused by the whole thing. Uh, it turns out wrestling fans hate wrestling. It, most of them, it's yes. Kind of the problem. It's, it's very strange. Uh, so, yeah, I have n- I don't have much else to, to say about that other than I do have to ask you because my opinion is that SmackDown's been basically – maybe marginally better and even then like people are like i love becky lynch so great i thought the you know uh last week's segment with the three i love the idea of having those three at tlc but that was the worst becky's done in a long time charlotte who was on the up you know just upward trajectory fell off a cliff and then oscar we know that vince is not going to be able to make a good segment around somebody who doesn't actually speak english so i thought that segment was really bad but all the fans were like yeah it's so good what have your what's your opinion been on that particular segment and just all of SmackDown in comparison where people are saying it's been the superior brand over the last couple months? Is is that an accurate uh, you know, take? Maybe, maybe in the last like three to four weeks, yeah. But it's I you know, kinda of by default, just when, you know, Raw goes through peaks and valleys and, and SmackDown goes through peaks and valleys and they overlap and sometimes you'll go two months and think SmackDown's the best show on the on, you know, the uh in the company and then switches over and goes back and forth. But they're both kind of in like a, nothing extremely exciting is happening on really either brand other than maybe Daniel Bryan, I think has been yeah, very, and it's not, very solid. It's not a lot of action, but the character work has been great for him and the heel yeah. turn. And, and I think that's really the main focus. And yeah, Becky Lynch is great, but 
she's not been active because her face got broken. Right. That she <laughs> lost a had, she lost a lot of steam and has to you know regain it, which I think she can and will. But so yeah, I guess that's a, another thing to look to as we uh, switch to talking about the pay per view, talking about Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Oscar in a match that once it was announced, I was super excited just because uh, as much as another Becky Lynch Charlotte uh, match would have been great. Also, getting Oscar into that mix adds another element to it. It adds uh, a level of uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure the outcome. And I, I, you know, at some point I'll ask you yeah. what you think Oscar's percentage chance of winning is because I think a lot of people might still think it's zero, but it's it's got to be less. It's got to be more than zero. And whatever it is, it adds some factor where it's there, there's a way to have uh, you know neither Becky or Charlotte lose the steam that they have been gaining. Uh, but I guess you know to go off to your last point, I, I don't want to change gears too quickly there but you talked about her kind of losing steam with you know being on the shelf and now she's back out there but they didn't you know even put her in a match uh the question is has she kept up that steam on social media because clearly she's been fire on social media she's just anybody who wants to step up to the man uh gets knocked back down very quickly and with all that great work it seems like to me i wouldn't say she's lost steam i think she's kept it and that begs the question is social media where the promos are now? Is that where you're able to get your character building off, get kind of a, you know, at different times we've talked about maybe even a Ronda Rousey being kind of uh, inauthentic. And is social media the way to remain authentic when you have to go through events, you have to go through creative to get out there? Is the weekly shows you're never actually going to get that kind of character that is you, and on social media you get to be you 24-7. Yeah, and, and with that, I think that's also why I've seen, I don't know about you, but my, my casual wrestling, people who are just vaguely aware of wrestling that know I like wrestling, they all know who Becky Lynch is at this point, which does say a lot because when you get that mainstream audience that that doesn't normally pay attention to all the details, but they all know who at least this one person is, that says a lot about that person. That's your, your Hulk Hogan's and your Stone Cold Steve Austin's and your Undertaker's. So... Yeah, I, I think that social media is a big factor. I don't think it's the only place that you can get that, you know, character over. I think you can, like with 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 Becky, for me, it a lot of it is social media. I think the point that uh, that really tipped it for me was that that cutting edge segment on the what, uh, thousandth episode of SmackDown. Yeah. So there is something to be said about doing it in front of a live audience, and that maybe is why that is so much bigger. I think that even if, I think if you didn't have that her social media presence would still be really entertaining, but it wouldn't have the weight that it does. Yeah, it it's definitely a one-two tandem because we have seen other people, uh, you know, have some level of social media presence. Kevin Owens that, is a good example. Of that. Yeah. Kevin Owens is, is great on social media, but then you don't know, you know, what time he's going to get on, on Raw every week to do everything that he really kind of wants to do to get himself out there. Yeah. And it often seems disconnected. Like he'll do the heel gimmick, but then he'll also do kind of like, isn't it funny that a heel likes us? He did the, he was going to the Elton John uh, concert that right. got canceled. And, you know, it's a, there's a humanity to it that's yeah. not never delivered the, on the main uh, brand. Maybe we'll see that more last now that he's year, a face. He went to a, uh, was it a Shania, Tw- Shania Twain concert? Probably. And got dragged up on stage and was still kind of like pouting like a heel. <laughs> like. Yeah, so moments like that I, I think are beneficial. But even ones like, you know, Mojo Raleigh that had this just great promo that he cut on Zack Ryder had zero impact because that wasn't delivered uh, on the, the show. And I, I feel like they, they they keep doing these, like, selfie promos, but 
you can tell the ones that they've cut on their own. You can tell the ones that are done with like <laughs> where, WWE where writers just in there. sticking their arm out yeah. next to a camera to make it look like they're holding a yeah. cell phone. Yeah. So like you can tell the difference. And, you know, for Mojo Raleigh, I thought it was like if there was a chance for him to get over, obviously the ring work was always going to be an issue. Yeah. But that yeah. that promo was I was all dynamite. in on that. I was all in on that. That, yeah. that I was like, all right, this is going to be a really cool mid card feud that's going to have a lot of heat to it that might steal a couple episodes of Raw, you know, and then it just went nowhere. Yeah. That one I blame on the fans just wanting to be like, yeah. yeah, we hate Mojo, even though it was less than like four years ago that they're cheering for. I went back and watched an NXT. It was hilarious. It was a Mojo Raleigh match where he, you know, they're doing the get hype chance. And do you know who the mega heel is that they hate in that match? I do because you already told me this. Oh, well, sorry. It was a great moment. I yeah. just have to go back to it again. <laughs> uh, so it was Juice Robinson. Right. Jesus Christ. Like, that's how <laughs> fickle the audience is, you know, just to, to change allegiances that fast. And for Mojo, it's like I, I get not liking his current performance, but there was just a level of we need to bury this guy at every opportunity. And I was like, why? If he's doing good now, let him do good right now. Like, let it go its course. And instead, the fans needed the show to be about them. So we, we've seen that. I don't know if that's all him to blame. Is it because the social media side just never made it onto the show? You know, it, it's so hard to judge. There's just so much going on in, in WWE fandom now. It's so hard to figure out why things don't quite work. Uh, but to get back to things that are working, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Asuka, uh, it, I, I don't know what else to talk about other than, uh, you know, got Charlotte Taylor turn. Like, at this point, how, how would you rate it? What, what do you think of Charlotte right now uh, post-beating Ronda with a kendo stick? I, I think it's been solid, but I think it's just added more uh, ammunition for, for Becky. Like, everything that she's been doing on social media to just almost troll Charlotte Flair and, and kind of call her out on like, Oh, you turn heel too. Now everyone's turning heel. Great. This is awesome. Um, is it's good for both of them. You know, it keeps at least, uh, it, it fixed the hug that everyone hated, you know, at least to where they're not buddies anymore. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still enjoying it. I'm not soured on it. Um, but you were going to ask me, I guess I'll ask you, who do you think is winning this match? Uh, there's a reason I had the Asuka percentage. I think there is a really good shot that Asuka wins. That's who I'm going with. Me too. Uh, partially, do you convince me with the, the need for the Royal Rumble aspect of this and having somebody go over to face Ronda and not just have it where you know we're having another uh, interbrand match just because we can. Uh, it makes more sense that they find a route to get to that match. And I think it's that much like first it's okay. It's Becky. She's going to win the rumble. She's going to pick to to face Ronda. But it also helps if to get there, she has to throw Charlotte over the top rope. Uh, So there there's an impact there. And I think it's a great way to get Oscar back on track. Becky and Charlotte don't need the belt. They also can't at least the way the fans treat it. Now you can't, you know, take the pinfall. Well, luckily this isn't the pinfall match. So if Oscar goes up and takes down yeah, the belt, that's exactly where. When I looked at the stipulations of this, I was like, I have a really strong feeling Oscar's winning this because it doesn't. If you lose a title in a three-way ladder match, cool. Yeah, like that's the easiest way to get out of it as a champion to say like, oh well, no one pinned me. You know, I'm yeah, all you know this and that. But then you know, I guess what's your title match at at Rumble? That you know, that it, would be the issue. Who you slide in there, but she, uh, you know, Oscar's had this kind of uh, back and forth with the iconics. You could make it, you know, involve one of them. Uh, 
that's easy to do, if, especially if the way this finishes is it's Becky and Charlotte going at it. They won't stop, and that leaves an opening for Oscar to win. Instead of it just like Oscar looks strong and takes the two of them out to get up there. But if it's because they're so focused on beating the hell out of each other, if those two are facing each other, that takes them out of the title scene without losing momentum. And it makes it easy for Oscar to just take on the new come. I know there's that yeah. rematch clause. That's the only thing to get past. Goddamn, goddamn rematch, rematch clause. <laughs> but no, still, I like that though. I like it. I like it going that way, and I like the idea of it being. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Becky is in that match, and and is it's a there's a disqualification or also, one thing to consider too is who's left in. I uh, I haven't been keeping up. Who's left in the mixed match challenge? Because that affects the Royal Rumble. That's true. Uh, and it's a pretty good uh, stipulation. I'm staring at the card right now. Uh, so it's TBD, TBD. So there's neither of the final competitors. I assume they're going to figure that out. Uh, you know, it's on tonight, to, isn't it? Uh, is it t- I thought they started moving it to Wednesday. I'm so confused by the whole thing. I have no idea when they actually show, air this. But My thought was I, I'm pretty sure that Miz and Oscar are still in this. And yeah. I had the, you know, it would be interesting to see that where if they win that, Miz is number thirty in the in the Royal Royal Rumble, Oscar's number thirty in the Royal Rumble. Well, Oscar has the title, isn't in the Royal Rumble. Now you have a mystery, yeah, uh, you know, entrant at number thirty, which is always more fun. More, yeah, which is the only thing I thought was bad about that idea. It's like, okay, we added some sort of, uh, you know, reward for the mix match challenge. Well, you just did the one that takes away this great reveal at the Royal Rumble. One of the best parts about it is waiting for that number thirty. I guess now we can just get excited about twenty nine and be like, we know who's coming out of thirty. That's and, fine. And I think if it it always works better if it is a heel that's already revealed to have the number thirty draw. Yeah, you know, you don't want to see like, oh yeah, cool, uh, Undertaker's coming out at number thirty, uh, and everyone loves him, and he has the easiest route to win this match. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's it. It's more of a dig when you see a heel getting that spot and, and adds a little more drama to the later stage of that match. Yeah, and it doesn't take away their ability to win. I mean, generally the 30 spot doesn't win, but with a heel, it's like, oh, they, they got the easiest route, and that, that still works for the story. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, them winning should not preclude. Like, if their idea is we were going to have Miz and Asuka win, I don't think <clears throat> that is a good reason to not let Asuka win this match. If you, I, if, I think it's a better reason to let yeah. her win this, to have her win this match because then it opens up a whole other more interesting element to the rumble. Yeah, and it's it's going to be at least you know a bit of a swerve to where not everyone's seen it coming. Yeah, so uh, it's so weird. We, we we both went with the long shot, but uh, I I think there's a lot of good reasons for it. Uh, next up is an interesting match uh, because obviously this is the other half of the coin. Uh, right now, women's wrestling is uh, on the trajectory that seems like there's almost no way they could pull this from being the main event at WrestleMania. The other side being Ronda, and she's facing off with Nia Jax. And, you know, still going to be talking about it. It's going to be the same question every time we do a podcast. It's like, how do you feel about Nia's push uh, post uh, breaking Becky's face? Because each time, which is like at every interval, we have to figure out how is this working? Uh, is it is it working? And so I'll get your uh, initial feel on Nia Jax's work since uh, that moment happened. I don't know why her promos are so long. I feel like every single time I'm watching a Nia Jax promo, it's just going and going and going and going, and I'm not hearing anything new, and then she balls up her fist, and she gets booed, and then she screams a little. That's so weird. so not, like, sold on it. I don't hate it. I'm just kind of, meh. 
That's so weird because I thought the last two promos were like dynamite. The, particularly this last one was really good. And I, I think uh, towards the middle, kind of, you're, you're right. It was probably a little bit long, um, but I thought the the different parts of it worked. It's better than her previous promos for sure. But it just seems like it's not a giant jump every week in w- what's being said. Um, you could the, say that more, you could say that about every promo yeah, on. You could, but you shouldn't. Just, you shouldn't have to. You know, you should have. You know, entertainers that can come out and give you a little something different each time. But I know, but I, what's the difference between Nia Jax and Seth Rollins at the beginning of the night? Not saying there really isn't. Okay. I didn't. I, I was kind of <laughs> meh with that too. You know, but you know, I liked. I did like in uh, they had the backstage segment. She's like trying to like push around Charlie Caruso. And yeah, it's like okay, you know, that's that's different. And then the, you know, the the random screaming into the mic thing is okay. That's different. You know, and but I think it's just drawn out. Yeah, if if it uh, was about half as long and she hits most of the same points, probably a better promo. Uh, but I, I think she, the thing that's more important than me is that she's starting to get the feel, which yeah. I mean, we've had this discussion and I, you know, people haven't necessarily agreed with me. I think Nia Jax is capable on the mic. She is somebody who we know from what people said about her backstage. She's very charismatic. People really enjoy her presence. That's really hard because with her size, they're going to make her a heel. It's going to be very hard to pull off a face version of that. And we've seen that go uh, to varying degrees of success for the short time they actually had her try to be a face. And, you know, now that she's the heel, how do you use that charisma in a way that that control of, you know, her, her talent to speak. And for a little while it was like, sometimes it is there, but not long enough to, to pull off a full promo. And I thought where your criticism is, it's too long. I was impressed that it was this long and she wasn't bad. She kept her inflection on the whole thing. It was weird. Cause it just kept kind of like, there was a lot of pauses. Yeah. There was a lot of like stop. The, and then she the gathered herself. It is very strange. Like you said, she doesn't flub her line or anything, but, but she's even getting to the point where it's not just flubbing the line. She's del- it's the same way I would describe Baron Corbin's improvement from what he was back on SmackDown to what he is now. And there's still people that are like Baron Corbin can't talk in the mic. I'm like, well, uh, I think he's doing great. He, and I think Nia Jax is right at that point, the right where it seemed Baron Corbin was to the start of his, uh, so she just needs to shave console. her head and yes, she just dress like a Friday no, but, manager. But I think she she's figuring it out more and more, and I think there's always going to be that benefit of being as big as she is. Now she has the the Becky Lynch, uh, you know, just kind of uh, badge of honor of taking her down. However much fans want to use that as a negative, uh, at the end of the day, if Nia Jax is going to make it in WWE, it's going to become a positive. Yeah, she needs to play off of something, and that's the thing to play off of. I was uh, I would be interested to see. Again, fantasy booking on the fly, a uh, reprieve of Becky's face injury, but this time in kayfabe, to where she's out until the Rumble, and then you have a Becky Lynch come in at number thirty, replacing Oscar, who's won the title. Yeah, I don't think you can do it with the uh, the ratings the way they are. No, I think you need her on TV. So um, it's an interesting concept, though. I, another thing I you know want to ask about is Ronda with you know. She gets those chances. However smarky that LA crowd was it, uh, coming out of it just Survivor Series from crowd to crowd too, and 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 yeah, that uh, the Survivor Series crowd was was very smart, heavy crowd. But if Ronda goes and and does you know Kansas City, she's got you know yeah. good good t- showing Kansas City. Or, or is it also else? just who she's facing? Because yeah, no, that, that's I think that's the only reason she gets booze in those situations is because it's against 
the man, Becky Lynch, or it's against Charlotte Flair. But yeah. now you put her against Nia Jax, who the fans want to boo. They're easily going to, you know. It, it, I think the fans just don't really know what they want from Ronda Rousey. I, I think mine is, I, I think I'm close to seeing as long as she's been getting the cheers, I think there's a level of the audience, there's a certain section of the audience that wants Ronda to screw up. They want to take her down. But there's enough of the audience that's positive. It's just clearly she's never going to win out against a Becky Lynch. And she, it wasn't like she was necessarily getting booed against Charlotte until the heel turn, which it's a smarky crowd that just watched Charlotte, you know, go ape shit with a kendo stick. They, they're going to cheer. I don't know about the you deserved it chance. That's the extra, extra. I, I never understand that. I hate that chant so much for every reason. Yeah. I, I it is my one of my least favorite chants. Yeah. But I, I would say that as it is right now, I just couldn't tell whether is it just because they hate Nia Jax that much after what happened with Becky or is Rhonda just she's really the, the face and she has enough of that with she she has the, you know, I was amazed when we went to Raw how many kids were, you know, uh, just into Ronda Rousey. Uh, also into Alexa Bliss, which is a weird thing. Not a lot of little girls into Becky Lynch. Very yeah. strange thing that I noticed. Kids. It was a lot of it was a lot of uh, twenty to thirty year old men. Yeah, but it's very concerning when like little girls are like, I want to be like Alexa Bliss. You're like, oh, you're gonna be mean, <laughs> but very talented. So yeah. you know, do you? Yeah, do whatever you need to do. All right, kid, uh, you'll own the world. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was strange, but like Ronda, Ronda still had that level of fandom. So for me, it really is like, as long as she's not there with Becky Lynch, I think they're still there. And I, I don't even think it got, you know, that bad. I think it really is just, we're cheering for Becky. It's not, we're booing Ronda necessarily. I think there's that crowd is always going to be present. Booing Ronda is the thing. No. Yeah. That's how they, they they did it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) LA, I'm calling you out. You did it wrong. Um, but I think most other audiences, that's not necessarily the case. I think I it think really it is. I think Becky wins, but it's not a we're booing Ronda. No, I think L.A. is the one which well, it's probably every big one pay-per-view. So I guess it doesn't matter if all the big moments that you're supposed to be building up towards are going to be an yeah. audience like that. That's kind of what you have to deal with. You have to know you're going into that. Right. You're, you're not trying to appeal to your your average wrestling fan. You're trying to appear to the dude and his mom and Jim Ellsworth's dad and the people who are able to afford a like $2,200 ticket. <laughs> like that's the one that you have to, you know, be able to appeal to when you get to these big pay-per-view matches. Now I, d- I just want to talk about that for a little bit. Although we, we do have oh man, there's 12 matches on this card. It's crazy. We're not going to talk about all the matches. We're just going to talk about uh, the most important ones. And Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, uh, very important. Uh, we can't skip that because that heel turn, uh, they just keep adding layers to it. I already loved it. And then I'm not sure what to think about the the most recent little bit with the you know he's he's uh, putting his environmentalism uh, kind of as this uh, this heel tactic, which is always great. I, I love when CM Punk had you know is the uh, you know straight edge could be both the face gimmick and the heel gimmick, and so I like when they can transition. Daniel Bryan's is a little <laughs> bit more stark I, than I that, think, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's because Vince thinks that environmentalists are heels. Yeah, that, that like, helps too. Like, yeah, do that heel stuff. What are you talking about? You know where you're like a tree hugger. Yeah, people hate that. Do they? All right. So I'm excited for when he comes out and he turns the WWE Championship into a hemp belt. He can't have that uh, <laughs> the cow leather. Uh, so yeah, I I don't know. It just Using that as like, yeah, if there's fans that don't like being preached to, then the heel version of that, you're, you're right. They don't really have Daniel Bryan talk about his... Uh, tree-hugging nature while he's the face gimmick. He doesn't talk about that that much, but he's the heel, and Vince is like, immediately, go out and do it. But it is a great antagonism. It's I, see, not- I see it as like a, a 
more of an uh, attempted arrogance. You know, yeah. I, I get that, and that's kind of where where he is right now is this level of arrogance. The the this uh, my most favorite thing I think that he's he said into a mic since this turn it was was during the Miz TV segment when they when he just shuts down the what chant. Yeah, uh, that was great because it was it was he was right, but it was the most arrogant way to just insult the fans, which is just perfect. You know, yeah. like I, I, so. Yeah, I don't know. He's just using his intelligence as a as a being a bad thing. I don't I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Which again is confusing, but yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, he's he's attacking the fans for thinking they're smart and that's always fun. You know, like uh have, having something where you could agree with him, but he's not making it easy to agree with him. That's right. a very good heel tactic. And it's also exciting because for the same reasons I was complaining about facing off with the Miz, I'm super excited to watch a Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match, and when you can yeah. get the promo work to to back it up, uh, we haven't seen too much from AJ Styles uh, since Daniel Bryan took the belt and made the heel turn. Uh, you know, I never see anything from AJ Styles on the mic, but he usually can hold serve, and in this case, Daniel Bryan is hitting that fire towards him on the on the mic, and we know they're not going to disappoint us when they get in the ring. And this match, what a what is the stipulation? Is it a TLC match? It doesn't have anything for the stipulation on Wikipedia, which is very interesting. Uh, I they, they it's so weird how often these rules change. Like last year, it was only the one TLC match, right? And then the year before, it was everything. Like we had one ladder, one chair, and, one table, and yeah, and and you can never tell if they're gonna do a TLC match proper where there is a prize hanging above yeah. the ring. Or if it's just a hardcore match where you're limited to these three weapons. Well, you have the most of those weapons. You can still go get other weapons. That's probably the worst part about the the stipulation. Like, if there's not the belt hanging, it's like, there's other stuff under the ring. Like, yeah. we know it's under there. We've seen it in other matches, you know. Uh, I It doesn't have one on there, and that's interesting. Uh, it's one of the few that doesn't. Ronda and Nia doesn't have a stipulation listed. I, I could Finn see, Balor, Drew McIntyre doesn't. I could see Dayton Bryan just tells just being a straight up wrestling match though. And it could maybe be. that is what the best thing is for both of those guys right now. Yeah, but, and it, it, I think they're good enough to to pull that off, so I'm not that worried about yeah, it. It'd be great. Uh so yeah, I'm looking on there to you know, figure out is there is there anything super important? Uh you know, there's a tables match, uh, Natty and Ruby. We might talk about that for half a second towards the end of the podcast. Uh, cruiserweight, no, no stipulation listed. Uh, and then yeah, that seems like a missed opportunity. Seth I, I Rollins, Dean Ambrose doesn't have a stipulation listed. Now I just feel like Wikipedia is being lazy. There's no way Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose is just a straight up match, right? I seriously doubt it, but I All don't right. know for sure. I All right. they were because they were going through it last night on Raw. And That's weird. I don't remember actually, but yeah, I, maybe I, it's because Seth Rollins already had the match. Like he can't go back to back TLC matches. Uh, whatever it is, uh, Daniel Bryan AJ Styles doesn't necessarily need the stipulation. Although Daniel Bryan's heel turn lends itself to a uh, brutal match in whatever the stipulation could have been. Uh, quick, I, would, I would even be down for just like a no holds barred match between those two. So, quick question: Do you think uh, this has a possibility to be the first WWE Championship match main evented a dual brand pay per view since the brand split? You're asking? Are you asking me trivia, or are you asking? Sh- me, would it, it be? It no, yeah, be like I'm, unless I got it wrong, I'm pretty sure the WWE Championship has not main evented the uh, always, dual brand. Has it always been the Universal. 
It's either been the Universal. There was the time or, it was none. It was Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe. True. We've had, I think, one of the women's matches. I think Ronda and. So the the point is, it hasn't been the WWE. It ha- at least yeah. not when AJ Styles had it. Uh, so that's the 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 question. Is that going to be it, or uh, I mean, obviously there's a pretty good choice, which is uh, you know, uh, Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman is the main event. No, uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Asuka has also earned that uh, possibility. Yeah. Um, I I don't know because I I think it almost seems like if they have the opportunity, since they are so high on the women's revolution right now that they are more likely to put a women's title match in the main event slot. But I think this works as a main event. I think that should be your main event is AJ Styles versus Dana Bryan, but maybe not at TLC if they're not in a TLC match. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anything else uh, you uh, expect to see, want to see out of this match? Um. I don't know. I'm just like I already feel bad because I know AJ Styles is gonna get kicked in the dick again. <laughs> you know, I just that's a it's a tough spot. It's like Will Ospreay in his neck, man. You man. can't take too many of those. You only got so many, so many in the bump tank. Yeah, I think you know at this point, uh, AJ has enough kids, so he's probably fine. I think he'll be fine. Uh, that's why Vince is booking it. Yeah, he's like this guy can't go on paternity <laughs> leave again. He, I mean that that is a good turnaround for AJ being like, you know, I kind of want to do a more relaxed schedule to be around my family, and he's like family, <laughs> family. Uh, so, uh, next up, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. We already talked about it. I do just want to yeah, ask real quick uh, before we get through: uh, Can this match get them back on track? We already talked about the negatives that we'd seen uh, recently in that rivalry. Can their work in the ring get that kind of just you know take away all the bad thoughts we've had recently about it yeah as long as i make this a fucking chairs match or something <laughs> like, <laughs> it, ne- it needs the stipulation 100 percent. you can't have the potential for disqualification in this feud it's it's kind of like like the gargano champa feud is yeah. like you know they haven't had a match that uh, disqualification was an option and i think you need that here so i don't know what i, I assumed it was going to be like the the raw I figured they would both have a full-on TLC match with a belt hanging, and I figured it would be the Intercontinental title and the SmackDown Women's title. But it's, uh, have you checked Wikipedia again? Uh, it, I mean, I, I just opened it. Like, I don't think it's going to change for SmackDown. This yeah, is a raw, it, as a it's well match. documented, Wikipedia hates wrestling. So. That's true. That means it'll never change it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that that's that's what we have on there. I have no idea uh, if that'll change. But, yeah, I... I I just don't know what it would be if it's not a TLC match. Like, yeah. I don't know if it benefits from this being a chairs match, which I think they have for Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, which whatever. Um, for tables match, then Natalia, Ruby Riot, and then it's the Jim Neidhart table. Uh, the only like regular ladders match. It's not even a regular one. Is the Elias Bobby Lashley with the guitar strung up? Which you want to talk about that real quick? You want to talk about the? Um, my prediction was almost correct. Uh, yeah. it was my prediction was a, a Leo Rush on a pole match, yeah. but. I'll watch this too. Yeah, I just there's something where it's it's like why like they they didn't say you win by pulling down the guitar. It's like you get to use it, and it's like okay, wh- why you're just gonna bust it over the other is, person? Is that that's how gonna you lead win? To the, yeah, it's like it, you win by using the guitar. That's like, that's not what they said. So I guess it's just you get the opportunity. It's like well, there's already better weapons uh, yeah. below the guitar. The guitar is well documented as being kind of like a one shot weapon. Yeah, I mean, it's like the golden fair. gun of, of professional wrestling. That's fair. It's so you great. hit him and you it's win. It's always okay. a kill shot. All but right. You only get one. All right. Well, anyways, it just seems very weird. I'm very confused by the whole thing. 
another match that doesn't seem to have a stipulation. Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre. Uh, just will this get Finn Balor jump started and back on the right track? This is kind of the match that I'm hoping is the one that quietly gets, you know, like your if you're gonna go star ratings, you know, like yeah. your three seven five star rating just is very Good match makes both of them look good and gives them maybe an avenue. You don't you move forward. You don't have the hope for match of the night. Maybe I mean I'm yeah. not ruling. I mean both of those guys are. You just great. think this pay per view is so bad that he, the like top of the top of the card could be the three point seven five. There's no fours I've on been this card. Watching WWE WWF since 1996. I'm guarded. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, I I yeah I I hope it's a good match and I, I hope they some. You know, I I said some negative things about Finn Balor over the course of the last year, but it's mostly that even when fans liked what he was doing, he was doing the same shit. And then yeah. now that he's on this downward spiral, it's like at least it's something. At least he's not just smiling at the camera. Uh, <laughs> now he's facing Drew yeah. McIntyre, which at this point, and you know, I I'm not gonna make that argument, but I'm gonna ask, like, is it kind of a demotion for Drew McIntyre? Like, I, I don't think so. I think that Finn still has enough credit to where I mean, maybe this is just something where he's just getting fed to McIntyre to, you know keep him looking strong and move McIntyre forward because you do still have everything of, you know, the Finn Balor can pull up the demon at any time. Finn Balor is a former universal champion, former yeah. NXT champion. He, he is everything, you know. He's still Finn Balor, so if you get a win over Finn Balor, then that makes you look good moving on and, uh, you know, potentially does move him into that top spot. I have no idea um, why... Uh, why Brock Lesnar is not defending the universal title on this card, but you know, reasons, I suppose. I mean, they didn't set up a match, so there's, you know, <laughs> at this point, Baron <laughs> can Corbin. Can you get away with that? You're just like, oh, uh, the reason that you're not seeing this is because we didn't do it. Yeah, that's why everybody's mad at Baron Corbett, and he didn't, he, he's been in the way of Brock Lesnar coming and defending his universal championship. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it is interesting that he's not on there, and yeah, nobody's really brought that up. Like, that might actually be the biggest, like, uh, you know, you know, plus to a Baron Corbin, like people want to say it's been bad. It's like he's done a good enough job making you hate him that you haven't said a word about Brock Lesnar not showing up. That's that's power right there. Yeah, and some of you probably bought that promo that it's all his fault. So, yeah. Yeah. all right, good for him. Yeah, he's he's pulling this off. Maybe he needs to put like Mojo Raleigh in his stable. <laughs> uh, get this little. Oh man, if it's Heath Slater, that's like tentatively helping him because he he has to. Mojo Rawley because that's the only way he, to get back just, on track. He just just combs the mid card, lower yeah. mid card, and like puts all these guys in this kind of like uh, kind of like the authority, kind of like the corporation, but like it's a, like the authority meets the three man band. And he just puts it all together, and I'm excited for it. McIntyre, I would like to see just one little stare down between McIntyre and Slater. Yeah, It'd be nice. But Jinder uh, Mahal just kind of like looking behind the curtain like Randy Orton that one time. Just like what's going on out here? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I, all I the pieces are there to res- resurrect three man band. <laughs> Give the fans what, what they, they want. want. Yeah, of course. Come on, Vince. Yep. Uh, they going down the card. A couple other matches to talk about before we get on out of here. Yeah. Uh, the triple threat tag team. Uh, the Bar New Day Usos into it. And I'm looking on here. Just a triple threat tag match. Another one without a stipulation. Why don't you you have a TLC match and you have a triple threat tag team? Why would you not put this in a ladder match? <laughs> That's what the TLC match is. Is it's, oh my god! Oh my goodness, uh, a lot of mistakes happening here. At least mistakes according to what Wikipedia says is going to happen on Sunday. Uh, that, uh, whether there's a stipulation or not, 
will this match finally be the barn burner that we've expected for you know the tag team title match for a while now? We've had you know the Bar versus yeah. New Day, or Bar versus Uso. Or is it get plopped on the pre-show? Well, that too, but I think they could still do a barn burner on the pre-show. They just they have, and that, that's the problem. You know, I thought they they've been pretty good on the pre-show, but there's not been a match that lived up. Like when I saw the bar go over there, I thought, okay, that's another team that can work on the level of what we've seen from the New Day and the Usos, you know, for the prior year. And we haven't really seen that. The bar haven't been able to pull that match off with the New Day. It is or weird. The Usos. It is strange. I expected it to happen by now, but with with New Day and Usos, you have so many. You can call them classics. Yeah, like there's they had a whole classic series, so it makes and me wonder how much is just chemistry. You yeah. know, like there's a chemistry between those two, and the bar don't quite have that. Although the chemistry is picked up recently, they've had good matches yeah. on the sh- on the you know weekly shows. I'm wondering whether they can put that all together and have one really good match on a pay per view. And yeah, this one could really benefit from you putting uh, that in a ladder match, Even TLC if it's match. a ladder match, just, yeah, get the, something. Yeah, I, I don't know why. That just doesn't make any sense. Instead, we got a stipulation for Natalia Ruby Riot, which the only question I have is, can Ruby Riot finally make Natalia relevant? Um, you can just skip it if you want. We don't have to answer these questions. God, that's hurtful, but uh, it's a... You know what? It, it's, it's a specialty <laughs> match. It's a, it's a Jim Neidhart table match. Um, where one of them, I assume, is going through the table of Jim Neidhart painted on it. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully it's only Natalia. Hopefully Natalia isn't putting Ruby Riot through the table yeah. with her dad painted on it. Suck it. Take that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, and then it's also, you know, a tables match where you have Liv Morgan and, uh, and Sarah Logan right there. How does this not just end in the three of them putting her through the table? Like, like shield bomb? Just yeah. Just power bomb? Like, yeah. I don't. Okay, cool. Uh, th- this totally makes sense, and it's totally going to be a way for Natalia to get her revenge on Ruby Riot's uh, poor decorum since the death of Natalia's father. This is yeah. going to work out I mean, great. And, and that's the thing is I don't think it's Ruby Riot making Natalia relevant. I think it's them giving Ruby Riot her, her biggest solo program so far. Um, yeah, I mean, but part of that is, you know, can you raise other competitors up to your level, particularly ones that haven't been able to do good in any program, if you're able to do that, if you're able to make people care about that rivalry, what can you do when you're facing a Sasha Banks or, you know, down the line, a Ronda Rousey? Uh, I, like, what does it look like? If you can do well in this one, then you can pretty much do well in anything. And I think that's the thing is is also just the, um, you know, the, the in-ring work is if you can, it just adds to it. You you've have, again, kind of like I was going back with Finn Balor and McIntyre, you have that name of somebody who's on your, you know, your, your victory list. And it is, it does push you forward. So you might see, you know, in the next six months, Ruby Riot having one of those, you know, great balls of fire level title matches. When did they bring it back? Great balls of fire, by the way, come oh, on, yeah. you know, n- next year, maybe, God. uh, next up, uh, cruiserweight classic. I don't know if there's much, uh, or the cruiserweight championship match. Uh, I don't know. There's much to talk about because, They've had good matches. No, it's going to be a great match, and and it's going to be a dead crowd. So. Yeah, and I, you know, I like I said, uh, going on right now, SmackDown has that match between Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali. I think that has much bigger potential to help the two hundred five live than any of these cruiserweight matches could do. Even as you know, Cedric Alexander does a really good job. Buddy Murphy uh, at least gives him a good foil, uh, but Cedric Alexander is never going to do anything good on the mic to matter. So I I don't really know you know, what changes 
Uh, at least it'll be a good match. That'll be uh, great. Uh, like, and actually, I, it might I not love be watching a, these two. Might not be a good match because there's twelve fucking Depends matches. On, yeah, on the there's card. how much there's time no they time. <laughs> so uh, the last one, the one that it's chairs match. I don't even know how that goes quickly. That this one should have been a table match that could have been done with very fast. Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton. Uh, I only care about this if it's like the second part right after Jeff Hardy of building up the indie killer gimmick. Like he's starting with guys who are famous in WWE, but he's gonna work his way down until he's only taken out. Your indie darlings, your NXT favorite guys that came up, and Randy's just like it's kind of back to the legend killer now. If you look at it, yeah, but it's it's unintentionally, a moment, but it's yeah. it's for a moment. I think yeah. he takes those two out. There's still a level of like they're an indie darling, even if they're not. You know, they're famous for being in WWE, and you know, I guess you could argue Jeff never really was in an indie, but uh, you know, we're not gonna figure that out. I'm just counting TNA as part of the indies, and I'm saying it worked. Uh, I think. Uh, this is weird. It's weird that he's going against the only people he respects, but it is getting decent work out of Randy Orton, which is always a positive. He cares, he cares enough to put time in against a uh, Rey Mysterio. Uh, I know people weren't too happy with the the mask off because like we've already seen Rey with his mask. Off. I was like, still supposed to matter. Like as a wrestling fan, you should respect this kayfabe mask on mask being taken off mattering to a lucha. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know why fans just t- decide to shit on that very quickly. Uh, but I also don't necessarily care about this rivalry unless Randy's moving towards that next step because otherwise, I don't know what they're doing. Like, I thought that's yeah. where they were going with the Jeff Hardy rivalry, just from what he had said in the different promos he had cut. And since then, they haven't given him up. You know, he hasn't done much on the promo side that really got me to care about him wanting to take out Rey Mysterio. Is uh, Nakamura on this card? No. Yeah, I was scrolling through earlier, and I, I, I noticed there's no... That's so Nothing. weird. It seemed like Nothing. recently they had like started to move back to having him matter again, like have him have matches on SmackDown. Uh, it's weird that he's this. He wasn't on like what was before Survivor Series. SummerSlam. Uh, so they had Crown Jewel, and was mm-hmm. he was did he have a match at Crown Jewel? I don't know. I kind of blacked out during Crown Jewel. I feel like, th- except for Survivor Series, where he had to fight against the Intercontinental Champion, I feel like there's been multiple pay per views where I the the U.S. belt has been left off the card with Nakamura holding it. Yeah, um, very strange. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, all right. So uh, that that's about it. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else uh, for us to talk about before we get on out of here. Like I said, uh, we will hopefully next week not only have the TLC. Uh, recap show and with Wade back we're also going to try to cut that Rick Rude special the new series that we're going to have Heroes and Heels uh, hope you guys are excited I'm really excited this is going to be the most editing I've ever put in when I finish this podcast I'm literally just going to throw intro and outro music on it throw it up on the internet if it sounds good great sounds bad whatever this Rick so Rude what, thing what was that you were saying about breaking the fourth wall it's uh this Rick Rude uh podcast I'm not I'm just going to ignore Ethan uh it's going to be good. I hope you guys are excited for it. Uh, that's it. I, I, I leave Ethan a chance to say whatever he wants to say about TLC, wrestling. Is there any other wrestling we need to be watching right now? Yeah, but I'm not going to totally launch into it. I've, right. uh, I've been uh, – I would just say uh, anyone who's interested, go look at the uh, Wrestle Kingdom 13 card. And if you're not familiar with New Japan, start now. It takes a little while to yeah. to get all the way caught up on that train. That's going to be really fun on January fourth. Yeah, we might end up doing a uh, a Wrestle Kingdom uh, preview review. It really, just depends on uh, what happens. The beginning of the year is going to be uh, very busy uh, for me, but 
that is an exciting time and I feel like we can't miss it. So yeah, look forward to that. A lot of special content coming from the Making a Mark Wrestling Show on the Tell Me More podcast. Later, Marks. Mm-hmm.